really, really excited about it. Amen. Tonight, praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number 1. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number 1. We will read just one verse of Scripture, and then we will launch into our study here tonight. Again, it's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord tonight, all of our guests. We welcome you and all the saints of God. We appreciate you so very, very, very much. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number one. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. This house he's talking about is the house of the Lord or the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar waters issued out from under the threshold of the house i want to speak for a few moments tonight waters to swim waters to swim lord we thank you and praise you we worship you we're thankful for your word and know that you have given to us provisions of promise in your word prophecies that were given that have not only just been prophecies but they have been fulfilled prophecies and we live in that present era of receiving what you have promised to us and we thank you and praise you we ask that you would direct us tonight in jesus name and everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. I am talking to you from the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one of the exiles taken to Babylon in 597. He received his prophetic call in 593. And he prophesied between 593 and 571. And there are specific dates that the book indicates those uh, time frames. The fall of Jerusalem happened. These are, there's, there's two really important dates that you need to remember in the Old Testament. In 722, the tribes, the northern tribes of Israel, they were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. Some of your prophets are speaking to that time frame. The Assyrians took them captive in 722. And then they repopulated that area with some of Syrians while there were still some Jewish people living in that area. And that mixing of those two nationalities became what was known as the Samaritans. And they were a hated people because of that. That happened in 722. In 586, the two southern tribes, which was known as Judah, they were taken captive by the Babylonians. So Ezekiel was taken captive. There were several excursions into the land of Judah in which Babylon took some, they took some spoils and they, they, they took some captives back to Babylon. And Jerusalem had not completely fallen. It didn't fall until 586. So Ezekiel was prophesying outside of Jerusalem and he was using prophetic visions he reported through symbolic acts and parables and messages of judgment and salvation you read Ezekiel and there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of symbolism he's seeing things one of his great examples is the valley of dry bones 
We get that from Ezekiel, the wheel in the middle of a wheel we get from Ezekiel. And here in this passage, there is a man with a measuring rod that is standing there measuring out waters that are flowing out of the house of God. The purpose of Ezekiel and his writings, like many prophets that preceded him, he denounced God's people for their sins and he warned them that judgment was imminent. As a priest, he was very interested in the temple because he understood and recognized that it was the central component of worship in the life of the Israelites. In a vision, he saw the glory of God leaving the polluted temple and abandoning the defiled city. Ezekiel, in his vision, said God's glory has left the house. And there is nothing but judgment when God's glory leaves the house. Let me just interject right here. I'm thankful for the glory of God. Praise God. If the glory of God is not in this place then we're in serious trouble. But if the glory of God is in this place, then there is a move of God. People can be redeemed. God can move among us. People can be saved and uplifted. I want the glory of God to be in the house of God. May it never leave this place because if it leaves this place, judgment's coming. I want there to be a power in the house of God. Hallelujah. If you will agree with me tonight, clap your hands and and let's agree. We need a moving and a revival of the Holy Ghost in this house. Praise God. We lose that. We have lost the very key to everything. And Ezekiel said the glory of God has left the house. It is gone. And he said, God's going to judge them. God's going to judge you. God is going to judge you because you have allowed the house of God to be a den of thieves. You have polluted it. You have prioritized it to the back shelf. It is not front and center. And you think just because you have control of the temple that everything is going to be okay. Ezekiel, I'm summarizing, Ezekiel would say just because you have a physical building doesn't mean you have the God of the building because the God of the building has left the residence and he's no longer there. And so because of that, there is judgment coming to you, the house of Israel. He also prophesied and he said it's not only coming to Jerusalem, but it's coming to all the nations that are around Jerusalem because you will not get by persecuting God's people. Oh, I just want to say that along with Ezekiel today. You can go ahead and persecute the church and the people in the church all you want. And Jerusalem may have fallen and the glory of God may have left, but God's got his eye on the people of God. God died for the church. There is judgment coming. You can go ahead and you might feel like you're getting by, but you won't be getting by because there's a God that brings judgment and justice and makes things right and the enemies of God will not win because God conquers and God controls. Ezekiel said there's going to be a judgment upon the nation. But then when he got to the end of his book 
And he talked about the glory that had left the house and the judgment upon them and the nations around them. He started talking about the restoration of Israel. Praise God. I want to prophesy here today along with my good brother Ezekiel and say, no matter what you've gone through and difficulties you've gone through, and it may have seemed like God walked away and left you, God is always a God that circles back around and wants to restore you. He wants to restore you and give you back the things that the enemy stole from you. God always comes back and says, I want to invest in you because you've got value, because you've got good things in your life that can become. You've got potential. And so there is a restoration coming. If you feel low, know this, there's a revival coming. If you feel dry, know this, there's some waters coming of salvation and strength and anointing. Amen. He said God's not going to abandon you but he is miraculously going to restore you and he's going to reunite you under the right and proper rule. And he's going to establish a covenant with you that is going to be a covenant of peace. And he's going to destroy your enemies. And he's going to give you a new and purified temple out of which flows a life-giving river. Ezekiel said, now some things are going to change. And it's going to be a little different. But he said, I've seen the vision. God's got great things in store. And Ezekiel, in his own potential ability, recognized and understood, I may not see all of it, but there's coming a day in which God is going to do a new thing. And the old things that have, that have fallen and that have failed, God's going to produce something that is better than that, better than that old system, better than that failure, better than all of those things. He's going to give a promise to you that is going to be a spiritual thing that has Happens. What Ezekiel was saying, he was saying, the Holy Ghost is coming. And when it comes, it's going to be powerful. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? <laughs> Woo! I'm thankful for the presence of God. Where would we be without his spirit and his presence? Nudge your neighbor and tell them, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Mm. And it's this heavenly vision that we read. Ezekiel sees waters and rivers, and he starts illustrating the stream and the waters as being something that is beyond just physical waters, and he translates that into spiritual waters. And he sees the whole notion of water and rivers and this stream that started out. It started out just as a, a trickle but then it grows and expands. And he sees that as an understanding of how vast this promise that is going to come to Israel. It's going to start out, he's doing a new thing, but then the vastness of the waters, he equates to a spiritual understanding. And he talks about the value and what the river is going to do. So water is all combined into this, this symbolism. You need water to survive. You can't survive without water. 
and a proper hydration is essential to your survival. Your body needs to consume a significant amount of water each day to function properly. This is because you excrete water through sweat and urination, so your body needs to replenish the lost fluids. You won't live long without consuming a healthy amount. And it's, it's, it's only possible to survive without water for a matter of days. You'll become susceptible, susceptible to the effects of dehydration even sooner depending upon the factors that are in your life. That is a term for not having enough water in your body to function. And your body will start doing all kinds of things. Your body is made up of 60% of your body weight is water. In children, water makes up to 75% of their body weight. You can't survive without water very long. It's going to have an effect upon you. And then when you add factors into that, like environmental conditions and activity level and age and health and weight and food intake, all of these things are factors into how fast you can become dehydrated. You need water. But but Ezekiel was saying, I'm not only just seeing waters and streams, and I'm not only talking about dehydration. I'm talking about a spiritual thing that takes place that you can't live without. Ladies and gentlemen, here tonight, you need the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost operating in your life, you're going to become spiritually dehydrated and you can die if the if the water is not flowing in your life you know why people just kind of slip out and pass off the scene because they are spiritually dehydrated every time I come to the house of God I'm going to make sure that I properly hydrate my spiritual body because I know I can't survive without the Holy Ghost operating in my life my system will shut down. Things won't work properly in my life. But if the Holy Ghost is at work in my life, it's all good. Praise God. If you're in a hot climate, you need to drink more water. If you're in a hot climate of a world that's putting pressure on you, you need more of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Ezekiel sees the quantity of water as important and at the same time attaches spiritual significance to it. And he's looking for a day where what I see on the outside <laughs> will become reality on the inside. What I'm seeing here that this man who's got a measuring rod in his hand, he's giving to me this great vision. One of these days, it's not going to be what I see externally, but it's going to be something internally. And it's going to be a spiritual river that flows. He goes on in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 2 through 5, and tells us the rest of the story. He brought me out of the way of the gate northward. He led me about the way without the other, the other gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Everyone say Waters. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured 
a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. This man with the line in his hand measured out 1,750 feet, and he showed me when the water came out of the threshold. It was to the ankles, to the knees, to the waist, and then eventually it got to the point where you could swim in those waters. God's doing a new thing. And it's fascinating because Ezekiel said the waters were flowing eastward. Now, if you're standing in Jerusalem just like this, the temple would stand on the mount in this direction. The Holy of Holies would be here, and it would be looking this way. And if you're looking from the mount and you're looking across the Kidron Valley, you're looking at the Mount of Olives across the way. And so he's seeing the waters flow eastward out of the temple, and then they start going down the Kidron Valley, and they go south. What's fascinating is Ezekiel was saying the flow of the water is going away from Jerusalem because God's doing a new thing. It's not, it's not flowing back into the city, but it's flowing the other direction. And it's going to flow, and it's going to flow through the Kidron Valley, and it's going to make its way all the way down through the desert into the Dead Sea. And everything that it touches, it's going to bring life and healing. There are going to be fish. There's going to be trees that grow because God is producing a river that's going to flow out and infect the entire world and the nations. Ezekiel was saying the time has come when God is looking beyond just Jerusalem and just this temple, and he's looking at the entire world. He's not looking for just one people. He's not looking for just one geographical location and he's not looking for just one temple, but he's looking for an entire world that is hungry for some waters to start flowing and for a spirit to start moving. Thank God. God started to do a new thing and said, I'm going to touch the entire world. I shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here, but God God said, there's a new thing that's happening. Everybody can receive what I'm inviting them to. Everybody can receive what I'm going to give them. <laughs> Flows the opposite direction. And when it first starts, it's a day of small things. God is reaching out to his people with spiritual water that's going to grow and bring life. Water is regularly a picture of spiritual life and growth, whether in terms of river or rain. You drive through the San Joaquin Valley, you're going to see all kinds of signs along the way because if you don't have water, you don't have food. And so there'll be signs that say, no water, no food. And, and, and that's always a constant battle because there's, there's in California, everything is irrigated and so it's divvied and sliced and and then you got protected species up there in the bay, and the water runs out there. And so it becomes a political 
uh, battle between farmers and agriculture and Sacramento. And if there's no water, there's no food. Everything is going to dry up. And the scripture revealed that to that ancient culture. Psalm 1-3 said, the righteous man shall be like a tree planted by what? Rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The one who trusts in Yahweh, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I want to be in the right place next to the waters that provide strength and sustenance to me that when the world is in drought and there's no water and everything is drying up spiritually, I've got something to stretch out and say, the Lord is my strength and he is the river in my life and he provides exactly what I need. The world may be upside down, but there is a river that is flowing and it can flow to you and bring what you need and sustain you. You don't have to walk around dry and thirsty, but there's a well of water springing up into everlasting life life. All you got to do is lift your hands and lift your voice and the water is flowing. Isaiah said a man is coming and he shall be as in hiding place from the wind and covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place. There's a man coming and when he comes he's going to bring rivers of water in a dry place. Zachariah said a fountain is opening up in that day. There shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. There's there's a fountain that's opening in Psalm 36 and verse eight. That fountain issues forth what God enjoys. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasure. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. God wants us to drink of the river of his pleasure. Praise God. The fountain that God produces is what God loves. God loves a fountain of mercy. I want to drink from the fountain of mercy because God loves mercy. God loves blessing. I want to drink from the fountain of blessing because God takes pleasure in blessing his people. I want to drink from the fountain of power because God wants you to be powerful and he takes great pleasure in power. I want to drink from the river of faithfulness because God takes pleasure in producing a fountain that is faithful. Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, God produces what he has pleasure in. We need to drink from the pleasures of the fountain that God brings to us. Do you want blessing? There's a river. Do you want peace? There's a river. Do you want anointing? There's a river. Do you want salvation? There's a river. 
Hallelujah. We need to clap our hands, stand to our feet, and thank God that we're not in a dry land, but there is a flowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do it. First class. Thank God that he provides to us the spiritual water that we need. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. The vision of these rivers that he sees that goes ankles, knees, waist, and then waters to swim from the temple. <laughs> he recognizes it's not this physical temple from which the water is flowing. The water the origin of the water is coming from a temple that's greater than this temple. It's coming from a heavenly place. In other words, God is the origin of the water. Well, let's just get to where we need to get tonight. In John chapter 7 and verse number 37, the man that is going to bring rivers of water and, and rivers that he produces by his own pleasure in the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. There is a river that flows through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost that Jesus opened up the fountain at Calvary so that you can allow a river to flow by you and flourish. I'm telling you, there is nothing more important than the power of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing more powerful than the river that flows. There is nothing more powerful than the spirit that brings peace and strength and life. You need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. I don't want ankle deep water. I don't want knee deep water. I don't want it up to my waist. But God help me to swim in waters that you've produced and provided. It's a river that is big enough to swim in. Praise God. Amen. I've I feel the holy I feel a river flowing in this place. <coughs> Some folks they just want to get their ankles wet. I want to come to church and I want to feel my ankles get wet. And some folks they're a little braver than that. They just let the water flow to my knees. And that's good enough for me. But Ezekiel said, man, there's something happening. <laughs> there's something happening and the waters keep getting deeper and deeper. 
Some are satisfied as long as it's just to the waist. But Ezekiel said, there's this river that's flowing. At some point, it gets so vast and it gets so broad that it is rivers to swim in. I'm not interested in ankle deep. I'm not interested in knee deep. I'm not interested in waist deep. I want waters to swim in. I want the anointing of God to swim in. I want the blessing of God to swim in. I want the peace of God to swim in. There is a river of water that springs up into everlasting Praise God. Musicians, would you come? Revelation says there's coming a day. 22 in chapter 1, a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. <laughs> Ezekiel said, I saw water coming out of the threshold. Where's that coming from? I don't think it's coming from just this physical temple. And John the Revelator Centuries later said, I'll tell you where the river is coming from. It's coming from the throne of God and of the lamb. The lamb that died and shed his blood for the remission of sins. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's where the water is coming from. It's coming from God himself. And he's producing a river of life. And what's it going to do? It's going to produce life. It's going to produce all manner of fruits and fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree will be for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. This river is going to sustain them. I'm looking for that day, but I also know that there's a river that still flows even tonight. And it's a river of God's anointing and his ability. The ancients knew that the primary power of water was to give life. If you lived in Canaan, you could watch all of nature die in a waterless and very hot summer. But then the rains would come and like magic, the bushes would come to life. Greenery would spring from the ground and the world would come alive again. This was the life-giving power of Babylon in their captivity, Ezekiel would have seen how the Babylonians diverted water and used it for irrigation, and it brought life to drier regions, and the wilderness blossomed like a rose. This was their dream. This is what they were hanging on to in this prophecy, that one of these days, there's going to be a coming of the Spirit in terms of a heavenly rain and it's going to produce life and fruitfulness.
Jesus. And this is what Joel said in chapter 2, verse 28, when he said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. Ezekiel is saying the Holy Ghost is coming. And the prophets were saying, the Holy Ghost is coming. But I want you to know something. The Holy Ghost has come. For in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The river was flowing and it was a river to swim we stand together it's still flowing the river is still flowing and it's bringing healing waters that you can swim in without enough water the systems in your body will change your cells will shrink without enough water your brain will signal your body to urinate less and this will occur through your kidneys because they rely on adequate water intake to function properly. They will use more energy and wear on the tissues that are in your body. Eventually, your kidneys will cease to function without adequate water intake and other organs in your body may cease to function without water. Your body temperature won't stay regulated. Your electrolytes will be unbalanced. Your joints may not work properly. Your brain may swell. Your blood pressure may increase or decrease. I've come to ask you here tonight, how much more is it of a necessity to make sure that the well of the Spirit is flowing in your life? Oh, there's a lot of factors that would cause you to be spiritually dehydrated. But I know when I come to the house of God, Praise God, there's a river that flows, and that river brings healing. Praise God, that river brings strength. That river brings anointing. Praise God. Come on, there's healing in the house tonight. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice for a few moments, and I want you to let a river of life flow. Everything that it touches on the banks starts flourishing and thriving. Areas that were arid and dry and a desert land, all of a sudden things start sprinkling up. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need ankle-deep water, knee-deep water, waist-deep water. What we need in this world that we live in, we need waters to Swim in. God, pour out your anointing. Pour out your healing. Praise God. Praise God. Listen to me just real, real quick before we conclude. Jesus met a woman at the well. And he started talking to her about what? Waters. And she said, 
He said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. This should be our request tonight. Give me this water. She got it. She got it. She realized he's not talking about Jacob's well's water. He's talking about a water that is greater. And she said, sir, give me this water that I don't have to, I don't have to draw it. It just flows automatically. In the house of God tonight, his spirit flows automatically. And it brings healing and strength. It should be our prayer and our request of the lady at the well that said, give me this water. It should be Ezekiel's understanding of the river that says, give me waters to swim in. You live in a dry land. You live in an arid place. But there is a well of water that springs into everlasting life. It's in this house tonight. It brings healing in this place tonight. It brings salvation in this place tonight. Whatever you need, you need to make your way into the waters that are worthy of swimming in. Praise God. Come on, just for a few moments tonight. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. 